You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Podcast brought to you by the one and only Drafting Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters. How are you guys doing today? What's up? What's new? It's the final countdown. Na-na-na-na. Yeah, no, you, actually, Lee, you knew that one? Another 80s reference? You got it? Europe? <laughs> Wow. I guess it's on every commercial and movie and TV show since the 80s. Also, I think there was a Just Dance dance to it, and that was a game that I played a lot. I can see Craig Morgan doing the Just Dance dance at Dave & Buster's. (laughs) No, that's Dance Dance Revolution. Just Dance is like the Wii. You hold the Wii remote. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Why did so many of those bands have – why were synthesizers so big back then? It's (laughs) got to be the cheesiest instrument in any rock and roll band, right? Can what happened to guitars too? Can we can bands use guitars now, or do you just have to use your iPod? Like, <laughs> isn't that how it works, Leah? You go to concerts, listen to a guy play his iPod, and you guys. This hold that has major one. back in my day energy right now to start. Back us in off. my day, they had real <laughs> guitar players with real drummers. <laughs> I'm kind of a big fan of real instruments, actually. So I'm with you on that one, Pete. You could bring your iPod. Still out Craig, there. And Still out there. To you, uh, non-formulaic music that is made. For the love of art rather than the love of money. Are but we wow. early off the rails? <laughs> early off the rails. Why not? Um, well, you could argue that last night's game between the Vegas Golden Knights and San Jose Sharks went off the rails. Um, this is an Around the NHL episode, and we have to start with what happened last night because that was chaos. All of hockey Twitter was coming together in this moment, and... San Jose scored with what was it? 0. 0.7 seconds. 0. 9. 0. 0.9. 9 seconds left to tie the game against Vegas. Send it to overtime. It went to a shootout, and San Jose won. And Vegas's playoff hopes are, ooh, just not looking good. And Craig, you tweeted something that has caused a lot of controversy. So I don't even know where to start with this. Yeah. I well, guess let's just start with the reality of yeah. the situation. Yeah, we're three points behind Dallas now. So going into that game, we all thought, okay, Vegas wins this. They pull even with Dallas. They're even in games played. They're ahead in 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 regulation wins. So they're in the driver's seat. Then they blow that game. They had a they had a four two lead, and they with five lead. minutes to go in the game, yeah. at home. And now they're three points back. And even a win in Dallas does not put them in control of their destiny. So. 
wow, this is crazy. We've talked about the possibility of Vegas missing the playoffs before and and all the fallout that might create. But I mean, we're here now. We're we're really close to this becoming reality. Then you add in the Robin Leonard drama of the last few days, and it's the craziest story in the NHL right now. Literally insane. And just all of Twitter, I feel like, was cheering for the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> Everybody hates Vegas except for Vegas fans. When did this happen? The funny thing is that they don't have that. You remember how exciting that first season was and how everybody was just talking about how great the atmosphere there was and they had rallied after the shooting and it was such a feel-good story in Vegas. And now, yeah, I think I think they're more hated than the Leafs now. How did wow. it happen though, Craig? Because you're right. That first year when they make it to the finals, everybody's pro-Vegas and they're so excited and everybody was on the Vegas train and everything was great. What happened? Uh, you know, uh, taking a sample from my Twitter thread last night, <laughs> like I made a list because there's so many things that people are citing. Some of them I don't even think are legitimate. Like when people say, oh, they have the worst fans. Like I have people say that about half the fan bases in the NHL. Right. Vegas's fans aren't the worst fans. I mean, if, if I were to go down the list, yeah, I don't think I don't think they'd be top five for me. I actually think they're good fans. And I think the game atmosphere is great there. And I think their social media is hilarious. They take risks. I like the fact that they take risks. I don't want the same old stodgy stuff that has, you know, identified the NHL for so long. The NHL does not take risks. It's very conservative and, to be blunt, sometimes really boring with that sort of stuff. So I love the fact that Vegas was edgy. But there are some other things, and I I don't mean to dominate. There's some other things on this list. Like, I wanted to talk about the expansion draft because people are like, well, they were gifted a cup contender. But look at the expansion rules. If, if you go back, that's a bit of revisionist history. Sure, it panned out that way, but when Vegas drafted their team, nobody thought that they were going to be a good team. Nobody even thought they were going to be a playoff team. They thought maybe a bubble playoff team, not a team that goes all the way to the cup final. Yeah. Yeah. And the, there's so – I don't know. <laughs> Me personally, I think it becomes the rivalry in the desert, the, the proximity between Arizona and, and Vegas, and how lucky they've been, whether they earned it, worked at it, all, whatever you want. But they've been in the finals. They're a playoff team. They have great players. They spend a shitload of money. All of the things that we aspire to be here in Arizona that we've worked so hard over the last 24 years to try to attain, and theirs came so quickly. That you just yeah. There's jealousy. It's the green. It's, it's like resentment. It's that yeah. resentment. Yeah, exactly. There's I think so many fan really bases it. that have suffered for so long, and obviously, the Arizona Coyotes fan base has to be at the t- toward the top of that list of suffering <laughs> fan bases. And for this team to come into the desert, like you said, and have that success right off the bat, it's pay- it's like a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and Vegas is going to suffer. We we can see it. We've talked about this too. It's coming soon. I know they got Jack Eichel, but you know Jack Eichel may be there as the franchise goes into decline. They have no prospects. Their their prospect pool is just barren. They don't have draft picks. It's 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 going to get rough in Vegas. I mean, if Bill Foley wants to keep this thing rolling, he's going to have to spend and spend in free agency. And you you obviously have a salary cap. Although they although they found ways to circumvent that as well, which I think is one of the valid points. Um, but let's not forget the Blackhawks and the Tampa Bay Lightning did it as well. 
um, to to win Stanley Cup. So circumventing the cap, that's that's within the rules. Yeah, you should you should probably close that loophole if you don't want to see it happen. But GMs don't seem inclined to do yeah, that. They had a chance, Craig, and they had a chance in the last GM meetings, and it didn't even seem to get any traction at all. And I think so. If the fans want to be upset about it, the GMs surely don't seem to be. So it looks like it's nothing that's going away anytime soon. And while we're on Vegas, what's happening? With that whole Robert Robin Leonard Leonard situation, it's been I got a push alert from the score saying he's done for the season. Then it comes out he's not done. He's just being rested. It's just been really, really weird. Like, do you have any insight to what is going on with that? Here's my read on it. And listen, Emily Kaplan of ESPN reported it. Jesse Granger, who covers the Golden Knights for Vegas, reported it as well that he was done. That's coming from the agent. That's coming from Craig Oster. Because Robin Leonard has been hurt, playing hurt, uh, and you saw Elliot Friedman report all this that he, you know, he hasn't liked the criticism that he's faced while trying to play through injury, so he wants to shut it down and have surgery, and Vegas doesn't want that to happen. So we're at this impasse right now. I don't know where the truth lies here. I don't know how hurt he is or if he should be gutting it out for this team. But this is this comes back to like I think one of the best points that anybody made about why they hate Vegas. It's their treatment of. Not just players, but coaches as well. Remember, they they dumped Gerard Gallant, which made no sense to any of us. It's not the first team to dump Gerard Gallant, by the way. <laughs> he got left holding basically hefty bags in Florida. But why you why you dump that guy after what he did for the franchise early is beyond me. I thought that was that was a really quick hook. But then you look at the whole Mark Andre Fleury flap with Alan Walsh tweeting the sword through his back. <laughs> you know how they treated Nate Schmidt. You look at Robin Leonard now, you think, wow, this is this is kind of a pattern with them, you know, just casting these guys aside that were really meaningful parts of them building this franchise early. And they just throw them out at the, the earliest convenience without any regard or any respect. That, to me, is one of the better arguments that I've heard for for hating Vegas. Well, I, I think they're maybe from the outside looking at it, it looks like these players are more commodities than they are people. And I think that that rubs people the wrong way. And you look how they've arbitrarily, I'll I use the word arbitrarily, maybe not fair, how they've handled the long-term injury list this year and how they've used it to their favor. I, I don't know if that sits well with the player, the, the PA, that how they've, and I understand the rules, they're following the rules. I'm not saying they're not. I get it. But if they don't make the playoffs with this ballooned, mythical salary cap team, now what? Like they were kind of all in on this, that, oh, this will be fine. We can get Eichel. He'll get us to the playoffs. This guy will be injured. That guy will be injured. We'll all be fine. We'll all juggle it. We'll trade Dodonov at the trade deadline, regardless of his list. And we didn't <laughs> know about the list. And there was a list, wasn't a list. And now here they sit with three games to go without controlling their destiny. And not only that, if they lose tomorrow night, they're done. Like this is you win or go home against the Dallas Stars. If Dallas can sneak a point out of this, yep. if Dallas can get it to overtime or a shootout, then they have to play Arizona and Anaheim to close out the season. I, I mean, Dallas. I, I always thought all, all along that Vegas was going to sneak in. I did. I, I thought Vegas. It's just the way things work. Vegas is going to get in. They're going to get Colorado. They'll beat Colorado, and here they are. They're going to be in the Stanley Cup final again. Might not happen. It might not happen, and maybe maybe their juggling and, and circumventing of the cap is going to come back to bite him in the ass, and they're going to be sitting home watching. Robin Leonard, I, he's a $5 million goaltender, and you're playing meaningful games right now, and you if he's healthy, he's playing, isn't he? Like Logan Thompson started in the minors. He's American League Goalie of the Year last year, granted, so he's good. 
If he's healthy, Robin Lehner's playing. He's a $5 million goalie. What does Logan Thompson make? He makes 800000 So, yeah, he's playing. So who, who plays tomorrow night in Dallas? Well, it's probably going to be Logan Thompson. So I don't know. This, this Robin Lehner thing is going to come back to hide him all because of the way they handled Marc-Andre Fleur. If Marc-Andre Fleur is right now, this isn't a big deal. What does that say? If if Robin Leonard's not in goal for this next game, then are they just forcing him to be there? It's just bizarre to me at that point. I don't know what's going on there right now, Craig. Like, what what are the conversations like between the agent, the player, and the coach? Mm-hmm. And the general manager has to be involved, yeah, and potentially yeah. even the owner right now. Yeah, and if 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 he again, if he's not in goal, then the, then there's there's a rift. And and listen, Craig Oster is not kind of agent to to voice a lot of this publicly, and he's also a really He's a good guy. He's, he's he's really easy to deal with. So the fact that it's gotten to this point, that that doesn't reflect well on Vegas. Leave it to Vegas to uh, constantly put on a show in every regard all the time. Seriously, <laughs> keeping us entertained always. Um, sticking in the West while we're talking about it, the Winnipeg Jets and Vancouver Canucks are pretty much now out of the picture because even though Vegas. <laughs> is 90 points right now and LA has 96. So it doesn't seem like Vegas is going to catch it. Well, they can't. Well, yeah, they technically could. No, they could, but they won't. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Listen, I've told you guys that math is not my thing, but <laughs> Vancouver and Winnipeg are, have 87 and 83 points. So yeah, Winnipeg's officially eliminated uh, a Vancouver with, I think one more point by whoever's. Yeah. I think they're just, because the, the most they can get is 93. So if Dallas gets one more point, Vancouver's out. Yeah. And Dallas plays the Coyotes this week. So <laughs> they're done. They're done. They're done. Um, which is a bummer because I felt like Vancouver could have gotten it done. I think that rough stretch in the beginning for them uh, shot them in the foot. Winnipeg, I'm surprised about just because Winnipeg's been in the mix for the last few years. Not surprised based on the season they had, but surprised going back to the start of this year. Yeah, I had them doing really well in the playoffs. When we talked about our preseason show, I thought I had this one of the sleepers in the Central Division. I think Winnipeg's window has been open and is shutting. And and I think that this is funny. You look at Vancouver and Winnipeg. This is kind of where Coyotes usually finish. Where you still, like even Vancouver, you sit there. Remember Coyotes last year and the year before? Oh, they might make playoffs. They might be a playoff team. They were this. They were like, yeah, everybody's going to lose every game. Coyotes have to win every game. They're not mathematically out. They could. And then you draft poorly, but you're not in the playoffs. You're in that little, you know, that little in between space. That so purgatory. maybe where the Coyotes will be in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to go, Leah. Bring that positive <laughs> Leah chat. And I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised. The team that surprised me in the West that is there that we're talking about, two of them, Calgary and LA. Like in Calgary, I would have never predicted to be this, like dominating physically and winning the Pacific. And I didn't have LA in. I had LA floundering for at least another year or two. So I think there are some surprises in the West. And also the weakness of the Pacific Division. You look at the point totals for the central teams that have clinched 116, 109, 109, Pacific 108, 98, 96. So it's just crazy. It'll be really interesting to see going forward how the West teams do against each other now mixing the divisions together after this round. So it'll be really, really, really interesting Mm. to see how things unfold. Um, Right now, the current Western playoff matchups, unless for the sake of this conversation, say that Nashville and Dallas are the wildcard teams and Vegas is 
out. So Colorado will play either Dallas or Nashville. Calgary will play either Dallas or Nashville. Um, and then Minnesota, St. Louis, that one, I cannot believe one of those teams is not making it out of the first round. Um, and then Edmonton and LA for me, I don't know if LA is ready, but again, Edmonton's had their moments this season. So we'll see. Craig, Western playoffs. Not all that impressive, to be honest. I, I don't know. I, you know, I look at the matchups and I just think, I mean, who, who are the legitimate contenders out here? I like the way Calgary defends. Colorado was obviously the, the top overall seed. But even when I look at Minnesota and St. Louis, I think these are really good teams. I'm not sure they're good enough to to win it all. I'm not sure they're good enough to well, get to the final. Also, how about Calgary losing four? I mean, not Calgary, sorry. Colorado losing four games in a row right yeah. now. Yeah. And I, it's I don't hard, though. Of, we had we had the discussion about Tampa, right? And it's hard to play these meaningful games. They've they've clinched their spot in the playoffs a month ago. Like these are hard. All they're thinking about right now is game one. That's all that's on their mind of the coaching staff, players, management. The guy driving the Zamboni is thinking about the first game of the playoffs. They're hard games to play right now. I'm not too concerned that they won't be ready to play. Although you'd like to be winning when you enter game one, I'm not too concerned about them. The teams, though, Craig mentioned St. Louis. St. Louis and Minnesota, for me right now, are two teams that are four lines deep. They defend well. They score in bunches. I I worry about their goaltending. And I know we talked about Marc-Andre Fleury, but if you watch his last few starts with Minnesota, even with good numbers, he's letting in that one or two soft one a night. And St. Louis, Huso, who's had great numbers, never played a playoff game in his life. Mm. So I, I'm if one of their goalies for either team can get hot, and they'll need to be hot to beat to get through that first round, they could be dangerous against Colorado. I don't think Colorado is going to have a challenge with Nashville or Dallas, and I don't think Calgary will either. I think that's easy to get through the second round. The best playoff series in that round is Minnesota-St. Louis. And the Edmonton-LA one, Craig, the, the biggest question mark, and I said it in the first round, was what Edmonton goaltender is going to show yep. up? Yep. Is it is Koskinen going to play like he's been playing? Mike Smith has two shutouts, but then he struggles the next game. I'm worried about Edmonton's goaling. I, I yeah, really I, am. I look at Edmonton. I just I, I keep wondering how long is Connor McDavid going to have to endure playing on a team that doesn't have a chance to compete for a Stanley Cup? As great as he and Drysidel are, and there are a couple other players that that come along for the ride. That roster is still so flawed and so deficient. They're not a serious cup contender. It's just not happening for Edmonton, and that's that's just crazy to continue to talk about that when you're talking about a team led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. It's absolutely insane. Um, and I can't wait for the playoffs to start because I feel like the betting is going to be really, really fun. Um, you, I'm guessing you can probably bet on series winners, um, but also obviously games. And you can start talking about team futures as well as at regular season NHL awards since the regular season is wrapping up this week. And the NBA playoffs are currently happening. And this week at DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets, bets instantly, no matter what you win, no matter what. Plus, Place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one leg doesn't hit. So that's a pretty good deal as well on DraftKings. The Suns lost last night, so that series is getting interesting. But if you want to bet on the Suns to bounce back, which 
they'll be at home and they do really well in games after they lose. Um, you can bet on Phoenix Suns. So do that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. As always, that's 21 and over. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Let's move to the East. And before we get into the playoff matchups, or what were you going to say? You took a breath. I, I was going to say, I, I don't think we're going to see a 42-15 uh, free throw disparity between the Suns and Pelicans in Game 5. That was ridiculous, and I <laughs> completely agree with Monty on that one. You know, you, you, you're not supposed to criticize officiating. You get fine when you do it, but... Somebody's got to speak the truth. 42 to 15? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's a joke. That is a travesty of officiating, and it needs to be said over and over again. The NBA refereeing in that game was atrocious. Yep. Very, very true. So use use that. Do with that information what you will for the next game and how you want to bet on it. Um, I say bet on the Suns. Moving to the NHL Eastern Conference, before we get into those playoff matchups, Michael Bunting. <laughs> Unfortunately, injured. I don't know what his timeline is exactly, but that's a loss for Toronto going forward into the playoffs. And it's also a bummer for him in his shot at the Calder Trophy. Yeah, it sounds like a head injury, huh? And it's, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. With I haven't, I haven't looked for an update this morning, but you know, he was, he was going to have a hard time winning the Calder anyway this year over Mort Sider just because you're talking about a defenseman who's playing top pair, uh, you know, tough matchups for Detroit on a nightly basis for Michael Bunting to win it. He was going to have to run away with sort of the points lead. And now that he's out, it, it's just not going to happen for him. So I, I, I kind of hope he's still a finalist. I hope people will look past the age because when you go by the rules, you, you are required to look past the age, but we'll see. Voters are uh, hinky on this sometimes just, Overall, just hope Michael Bunting gets back for the postseason because he's had a terrific season for Toronto. Yeah, and for their thought process in Toronto right now is they need a healthy Michael Bunting in the playoffs. They're not thinking about the Calder or the rookie race in Toronto for sure. So that would you know they'll be take it cautious, take it slow, and I think that's the right approach. Obviously, worry about the kid, but you talk about his age. If if not for his age, he's he's definitely in the conversation for the top three. You talk about Maurice Sider, um, clearly he's going to be in that top three. But then there's two other ones. You can't talk about rookie of the year without talking about Trevor Zegras. You look at his point totals, the goals he scored, his skill level, and what he's done this season. I mean, he's a minus 22 on a losing team. So does that make a difference? And the other one is the guy that leads the NHL in points per game as a rookie is Matt Boldy. Maybe Matt Boldy in Minnesota, who didn't really jump on the scene until it was nearly halfway through the season. He's played 44 games. He's going to end up playing 47. Uh, he's got 15 goals, 38 points in 44 games, averaging just under a, a point a game guy. Like he's dynamic and getting big minutes too. I, I, unfortunately, because he didn't play the entire season, I doubt he will be in the conversation. But head to head, like he he's a guy that, that yeah, he's having an unbelievable rookie season. And that would be back to back Minnesota Wilds with uh, Kirill the Thrill and then Matt Boldy. So I'm I'm still leaning towards Trevor Zegris, Craig. I just think he's he's the guy. Yeah, I think Sider's going to win it, but yeah, Trevor Zegas will probably be a finalist too because there's a love affair between the NHL and him, if not necessarily other players and Trevor Zegas. discovered <laughs> recently, especially former players. Have you guys seen the thread of, of uh, tweets about Michael Bunting's age? They go back like weeks, but there's there's tons of hilarious things making fun of 
the fact that he's so old and still in the Calder. One of them is Michael Bunting attended the writing of the American Constitution. <laughs> Michael Bunting invented the light bulb. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's, there's all kinds of them like this. If you just keep going back, they say Michael Bunting was born the same year the NHL held its first season. Michael Bunting and I are the same age. And normally I'm the one like making you guys feel old. But now this makes me feel old. Oh, old he's so Ricky. old. We're the same age. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's silly stuff, but it, it's actually kind of a funny thread. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't take it personally either. You know, um, well, let's look at the. Uh, current Eastern Conference playoff matchups, uh, Florida versus either Washington or Pittsburgh, Carolina versus Boston, Rangers versus Washington or Pittsburgh, Toronto and Tampa. I mean, we've talked about it pretty much all year long as we've looked ahead of the playoffs. The East is insane to me. Like, I have no idea how this could go. Yeah, all eight teams have over 100 points. That's insane. Unlike the West, which we just talked about, there's teams battling well, it for spots in the 90s. Yeah. So you talk about every team have 100 points or more? When has that happened? Playoffs? Craig, I think Craig. Never. 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 Mm, there you go. Okay. Hurt there you go. Did, did Washington hit 100 yet? <laughs> yeah, they're at 100 right now. So all they're 18 got there. That's yep. pretty cool. 44, 23, and 12 for 100 points. It's unbelievable. I, I, there is a, the crystal ball. I don't know. I mean, Washington's seven, one, and two in their last ten. Florida's nine and one in their last ten, and they play each other. Yeah. <laughs> they have but two losses between them in twenty games. Ovi is now day to day with an injury. It doesn't sound like it'll be too long term or too serious, but hopefully, it's not something that will linger in the postseason for him. So that could play a factor. Uh, honestly, I, I I don't know how this ends. And you still look at there's some still things to be determined yet. Um, Washington can take jump in into a spot um against pittsburgh does that happen maybe and now you got pittsburgh pittsburgh playing florida i i don't know pittsburgh struggled a little bit four five and one of the teams in the playoffs they have the worst record over the last 10 so pittsburgh struggled a little bit um their goaltending issues with jari being out that's definitely a concern louis Deming is backing up in pittsburgh right now for wow. the coyote i know exactly oh boy. He's, oh boy i feel like he's been on every team ever yeah, so I don't know who you handicap in the East. They're all so similar. They're all deep. They all have great talent scoring-wise. And Craig and I being goalies, we like to go back to the goalies. Is it going to come down to whose goalie plays the best? I mean, Shesterkin was was the hands-on Vesna guy early, talking MVP earlier. I, I think that's faded now. But I still think he's he's a guy that could win the playoff series. Toronto had Shulgren win, playing again yesterday. Like, come on. That's their number one goalie is Eric Shulgren? No. Oh, no, no. We know who their number one goal is going to be in the playoffs. But here's see, I first of all, that first matchup, Florida against either Washington or Pittsburgh. Washington and Pittsburgh are fighting. They do not want that matchup. Florida is a steam train right now. They are just rolling and they score. So, they're so fast and they're so skilled. Nobody wants to play that team in the first round. So that to me is really important. Which of those teams ends up in the wild card spot versus playing the Rangers? Because to me, still. Listen, if, if Shesterkin plays the way he's played most of this season, okay, the Rangers have a good chance. I don't think the Rangers are very good. I think they are inflated enormously by their goaltending. And again, if you go and look at their deeper numbers, their possession numbers, 
they're not, they're not that great a team. I think they've been carried by just an historic goaltending season. And I don't even know, you know, like when you look past this season to next season with the Rangers, everybody's going to expect another leap from the Rangers. They could digress. They could, they could come back to the, to earth a little bit. If Shesterkin isn't out of this world, like he's been this season, if they don't get that kind of goaltending in the first round, I think the Rangers could be out in the first round. Yeah, and the other thing with the Rangers, too, is they've got a lot of guys having career years. So when you look to the future next year, you're right, Craig. They may take a step backwards. I mean, they're they're look at but with Panarin and Kreider on the power play, that team is absolutely dangerous with the the, the extra man. Fox, I mean, they've they've got some high, high end skill. Um, we'll see if they've got the depth. I think it's going to be a team that has four lines that can roll is going to win the playoffs in the Eastern conference. And right now there's nobody better than the Florida Panthers. Um, you've got the two teams matched up. Washington has three games left. Pittsburgh has two Pittsburgh's got the Oilers in Columbus where you go to Washington. They play the Islanders twice. Like how much are the Islanders playing for? I don't know. So maybe Washington jumps over and you're looking at a Pittsburgh, Florida matchup. And that's going to be very, very tough for Pittsburgh. Um, I, I wouldn't want to play Florida right now. Their goaltending has been good. Like I said, they're nine and one in their last 10. They're faster than any team in, in recent memory, maybe in all time in hockey. Um, they're going to be dominating in the playoffs too. Tampa, Toronto. Yes, please. I want to see that. Who do you pick in that series? Honestly, who do you pick in Carolina, Boston? Yeah. Boston's playing great hockey right now. And I know there's, there's stats over the, they've been but that makes they put them out how many years now? Boston put out Carolina. Again, we go back to goaltending. Goal Allmark has been out in Boston for weeks. He finally comes back, and he had a great game in his last game out, his last start out um, against St. Louis. So maybe if Allmark gets on a, a, a tear, Swayman scares me because he's a rookie, and he can either win you a cup or he could be out in the first round. So I worry about that with their goaltending. Um there's too many good teams in the East right now to, to handicap this. We'll, we'll wait for another week when we see the actual matchups, but I tell you what, the playoffs in the East are a dog fight and all eight teams could win. And you wouldn't surprise me with any of the eight saying, yep, that's your representative in the Stanley cup finals, not any of the eight. And you can't say that about the West. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be keeping tabs on around the NHL and all the playoff matchups, even as we go forward into the Coyotes off season, but the playoffs will be happening. So we'll be keeping tabs and at least once a week because it's just so exciting. Um, and like Craig has mentioned a few times, there is some interest for Coyotes fans in how some of those Eastern conference matchups play out um, because of draft picks that the Coyotes own that belonged to other teams. So more to come on that. And I hope that as the playoffs are approaching, these teams are taking their athletic greens to get geared up Wow! because that's the way to start the day. That's the way I start my day every single day because it just helps me get on track for the day. It's helped me with rest overall. It's helped me with energy. And that's what these teams need going into the playoffs after an 82 game regular season athletic greens is with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a no-brainer. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, has over 7,000 five-star reviews, costs you less than $3 a day, plus you're investing in your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase 
all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash coyotes. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash coyotes to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Oh, I love the applause from yeah, we're PD. We're supposed to do always. that now on Goodreads. We got to take that from Bess. We got to have. Good, I know, right? <laughs> if you get through an ad read, you get applause. Love it. I appreciate the uh, camaraderie there. Few last notes to wrap up. Do you guys think that there's going to be a fix and Montreal is going to win the draft lottery because the draft is in Montreal? Hmm. Put on your tinfoil hats for a second. <laughs> I think yes. Petey's reaching. He has one, doesn't he? <laughs> I, I, I do. It's right. Man, I, no, I, I am not a conspiracy theorist. That there, there are a lot of wacky conspiracies out in the world. Uh, yeah, I, I won't get into those. <laughs> I think it goes back to math, Leah. I, I still think have, it goes back. I have been debunked multiple times, and yet idiots still believe them. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, do I really think there's a fix? In no, of course not. I don't really think. I it. think at the math, it's not the like hockey 90%. Gods. The hockey gods. That that's is much more for real. me. That's more real to now me than a real. conspiracy. Exactly. Connor McDavid's available. Canadian team wins the lottery. Hmm. Austin Matthews is available. Canadian team wins the lottery. Huh. So I don't know. Does does Shane Wright rise to that level, or is it next year when Connor Bedard comes out that suddenly a Canadian team will win the lottery again? I don't know. I just 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 say Montreal though, Craig. I think we should just put it out in the in the uh, universe so that the NHL is aware that people are watching. Yeah, uh, again, it, this is just kind of the way things go, right? It, it's the way of the hockey gods in the hockey world that you knew it, that you knew a Canadian team was getting Connor McDavid. You knew it, and you knew the Arizona Coyotes were not going to get the ping pong balls bouncing in their favor because guess what? They never do. And we talked about this last game. And the importance of this team losing oh. one game, one game here. against the St. Louis Blues, who are winning by three, lose the game. And what did Montreal do last night? They lost. And, and how did they do it, Craig? They were down by one. They pulled the goalie. And they lost by two. Were their fans excited and entertained? Absolutely, they were. It was close. They made a comeback. It was exciting. They pulled the goalie. Gosh, they almost beat Boston. But guess what? They didn't. And they didn't go to overtime, and they didn't take that point. <sighs> I, I hate to be on a rant, but you 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 change it's math. You talk about five percent percentage points difference. It's a big deal. Five percentage points is a big deal. So yep. we'll see. I, I mean, I have no I, hope. I'm rooting for Montreal in their last two contests. I just don't see them getting a point. No, where where Carey Price is now resting. Yeah, he's resting. Yeah, resting what for the last three huge <laughs> yeah, games of the let's season. Rest Carey Price. Look at the timing. Huh. <laughs> resting. Yeah, he's got the next Just four this months off. Well, because I'm, I'm and I want to make sure that I say that I'm really happy for Boko and Mama that he got his first NHL goal. It was a spectacular story, and it was like I said at the time, like when they cut it to four two, it was the only redeeming quality about that game. But it sparked them, and they tied yeah. the game off of that energy and that emotion, and they got the point off of that emotion and in so doing montreal native boko imama <laughs> Ooh, wow. it's an inside I job it was an inside job by boko it, it truly craig you're right that was if you watch the reaction of that bench that team when boko scored he is so well liked right now and in that room that he 
people root for him. And yes, absolutely, that changed the momentum of that game. Absolutely, 100% it did. And let me say this, and I don't want to be I'm being glib a little bit about this. You look at analytics and numbers. Yes, on paper, they would have wanted to lose that game. There is not one person wearing a Coyote jersey in that game or standing on the bench that wanted to lose that hockey game. And we'll go, oh, you you think you think that Bear is sitting there as a head coach on the team going, oh, shit, let's look at the standings. You know, if we get a point here, hell no. He's there to win. That's why they hire him. You win. You try to win. Every player is there trying to win. It's us as a fan base and probably some people in the scouting side and the general manager side of the Coyotes maybe looking at that a little differently. But there's nobody that had influence on that game that's going, gosh, let's worry about the draft in three months. Not one person. So, you know, yeah. they're they're still paid to win hockey games. And, and that's what they do. And good on them that they found a way to come back against a really, really, really good playoff bound St. Louis team. Well, May 10th is in just a couple of weeks already. That's the day of the NHL draft lottery. And we will be live starting at the beginning. So we will be there for pack therapy to get through the lottery together. We'll be watching it live alongside everybody else. So we hope you'll join us for that. And then, of course, we'll have our reactions to whatever drawing the Coyotes get, which hopefully it's number one, but we'll see. So it'll either be a celebration or therapy as we've been doing all season long. So May 10th, 3.30 Arizona time. We hope you'll join us live on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel for that one. Wrapping up here, Craig, I know you want to talk about Andrew Ladd, who was nominated for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, which is awarded to the NHL player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. What do you have to say about Andrew Ladd? Yeah, I, I, listen, we every chapter has to nominate someone for the Masterton every year. And and there are times, often there are times where you go through the roster and you're like, eh, who, who do we pick? Is there is there a great candidate? No, there's not. It, it's almost weird in a way that you have to nominate someone every year. I kind of feel like if there's a, a guy who warrants it, okay. If not, let's let's just keep the pool of candidates smaller. But it's the way it works. So we put a guy up. I don't know that there has ever been a candidate in Arizona that I've voted for or nominated as the, the, the chapter chair that's more deserving than Andrew Ladd. When you look at what this award is for, for perseverance, the guy was out of the game, basically, down in the AHL, not even playing there, rehabbing, skating on his own for the better part of three years just to try and get back and get to 1,000 games. He, he skated in his 920th game like three and a half years ago and, and never dreamed that it would take him this long to get to 1,000. He had two major knee injuries and surgery he had to come back from. He was dealing with mental issues, so he's talking to a mental skills coach as well. He stuck with it for a really long time when basically everybody said he was done and he wasn't going to play in the NHL anyway. He gets traded for literally nothing. Nothing went back to the Islanders in that trade. So how does that feel? How does that hit your ego? And yet he stayed with it. He earns a spot in the lineup. And while he's going up through all this, reshaping his body, reshaping his mind, he decides to start this incredible program with his wife to help youth hockey players with their mental and physical approach to the game. Man, he's a to me, he's a great candidate for the Masterton Trophy. He he has one of the strongest cases I've seen. I mean, I'm convinced. Yeah, you've got my vote, Craig. <laughs> no, you're right. And, and I'll say this. We talked in the, in the fall after watching him play in training camp going, he can't play. Can't play. He's done. Can't play, can't skate, can't keep up. Prove me wrong. 
Uh, I was absolutely 100% wrong in what he did, not just on the ice, but a leader off the ice. And what a person he has shown himself to be to this and how important he's been to this club all season long. So you're right, Craig. I think they should not put up players every year just because the award says you need to. I think it should be those that deserve to be nominated. And you've absolutely proven that he needs to be nominated. So what a story. And Craig, you have a story on him this week. Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, it's up already, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one went up this morning when we were allowed to announce via, you know, the PHWA coordinates this so everybody announces their candidates in the same window of time. So that one's up. I did a, another prospect report on Sunday, checking in with uh, Ben McCartney, Rasmus Korhonen, the goalie that just came over from Finland and is going to stay the rest of the season with Tucson, and then Mannix Landry, who's playing for Gatineau in the QMJHL. But I checked in on some other people as well. John Farinacci's going back to Harvard, as we all suspected. Liam Kirk is coming along really nicely in his recovery. So those stories are up already, but I've got a, a bunch more. I've got seven stories this week. <laughs> um, of course, the opus on the Glendale years is coming later this week, but I also had a, a chance to catch up with Alex Kologoski. Uh, before the Minnesota Wild Coyotes game. And uh, just to, you know, he signed that two-year extension. So just wanted to get his mindset going into the playoffs. And there's another story coming that I'm not going to <laughs> mention again. It's it's just, let's just call it a suggestion for Coyotes fans for the final game at Gila River Arena. Well, there huh. you have it. Loaded week of stories from Craig at gophnx.com. And if you want to know what that surprise story is and that suggestion is become a member today at gophnx.com you can sign up for an annual membership and get a shirt when you do or you can try your first month just 50 cents for a month to month membership becoming a member there's so many perks so we hope that you do and there's a lot going on this week besides craig's seven stories it's the last game of the season on friday it's the last game at gila river arena and we We'll be there, and we hope you will join us on the PHNX Coyotes party bus that is heading out to Glendale. If you go over to the PHNX locker right now, you can buy tickets for that bus. A ticket gets you a ticket to the game, free food and drinks, a meet and greet with Josh, Doan, a free shirt, giveaways, prizes, etc., plus some special things that PD and I have planned for the bus ride itself, and keep an eye out on the PHNX Coyotes social media today, PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter, for ways that you can ride the bus, even if you already have tickets to the game. That will be an option starting today. So head over to Twitter and our members-only Discord for more information on that as well, because even if you already have tickets to the game, we want you to join us on the bus. And if none of those are an option for you, we'll be at the Lola at 6.30 in Westgate before the final game for a meet and greet with Josh Stone. You can buy tickets to that as well at the PH Next Locker. So we hope to see you there. We're really excited. It's going to be a really, really fun day on Friday. Yeah, I don't know what else I can add. I'm still trying to think of more stuff to do on the bus. What if there's traffic? I mean, we, <laughs> we already got a lot of plans, but we need to have Carpool more. Lane, buddy. Carpool lane. That's true. We can definitely sing along. Look, trivia, question and answers. We got all. And there's going to be drinks. There's going to be drinks on the bus. Oh, buddy. Play the license plate game. (laughs) Play the license plate game. I see something that says Arizona. Arizona. I spy with my little eye. We maybe we'll do that like we did when we were kids. I spy. That's another one we did with the kids in the car. There you go. We'll pull that along. That's a long ass drive. So. Thank God there's food and drinks available because we're going to need them. Oh, man. All right. Hey, can they th- win that game, Craig, before it ends? Can they win that game? Can they beat Nashville at last game of the year if Nashville doesn't need it? Yeah. 
I and think now they it's might too. probably not going to matter because Montreal is going to lose out. So they've yeah, already blown their win. Montreal's going to lose. Uh, I'm well, telling you. We'll go out on a high note now. That 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 game could go to overtime, and I'm also calling it here. I said it on the last show. Watch out for that Dallas game. That Dallas game is a trap game for Dallas. They've got Vegas the night before, means their entire season, and then you've got Arizona the next night. So don't be surprised if Arizona is a little more competitive in that second game. Dallas still, I mean, look, like look, Dallas is going to need to win. They still need to win. Agreed. I know they do, but emotionally, it's hard to go from the Las Vegas Golden Knights in a the biggest game of your season to play the Coyotes the next night. It's going to be hard. Here's I'm my here's Fair. my prediction for the last game. The Coyotes played their first game at Healy River Arena against Nashville, and they lost 3-1, to one, correct? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose 3-1 to one against Nashville on Friday bookends. for perfect bookends to oh. the Healy River Arena story. Wow, take that to, to, to DraftKings. I like it, Leah. I like confidence. Yep. So there you have it. Any final thoughts today? No, I'm back at it tomorrow. Who are they playing tomorrow? Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. <laughs> We're all like, uh. It's another team that needs to win playing at home. They got to win. Yep. Yep. So we'll be back here tomorrow um, for our postgame show on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So join us there and postgame show the next night as well. Why not have one more back-to-back on a season of what felt like back-to-backs all season long for the final week? Another audio episode Thursday. And of course, We'll have a post-game show live on location in Westgate on Friday. So join us for that as well. If you're not on the party bus on the way back, you can hang out with us at the Lola in Westgate after the game. Everyone, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore coyotes. We'll see everybody tomorrow night.